G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Butner here with Prudius Alex for another edition of Wrestling Hostile. Alex, how are you, friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, we've got a different thing to talk about today. Yeah, I figured uh, add a couple more fallout down-unders to the bump, try to do maybe like a documentary or podcast a bit more often and yeah. decide I'd give you the first choice and you said, Hey, this sounds pretty good. Let's listen to this clip. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do you want to explain what it is? Yeah, so it is the Jeff Jarrett My World podcast, and they did an episode on the formation of WWA, World Wrestling All-Stars. Yeah, so how much uh, did you know of a W, uh, was it WWA before this? Um, I, I knew a bit. Uh, yeah. do you know why? <laughs> no, I was at a show <laughs> as a child. I was at a WWA show. I believe the main event was Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog. Oh, let's look this up on air, because this is always fun. I'm pretty sure we've actually talked about this before on air, too. I, I think so, too, and humans are screaming, but I can barely remember everything we talk about, because I just gargle on about stuff all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just lighting up. Yeah, so why did you go to this as a kid? Uh, pretty much because we didn't really get any other shows <laughs> coming to Australia. And Dad's, and I remember seeing an ad for it on um, in a newspaper somewhere. And I was like, Dad, let's go. Let's go. And he eventually... He eventually gave in and took me, and it was fantastic. Like, it was weird, but it was fantastic. I remember Rove McManus being involved. <laughs> well, his cousin, I think, the promoter. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, are they actually related, or? I think so. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so what's going on here? I'm packing lunch over there. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was trying to find uh, my program for WWA. And I, and I can't find it. I found oh. one for su Superstars of Wrestling, which was Dennis another Rodman? which was another Andrew McManus-run promotion. So I found the program for that. Um, yeah, which the main event was Dennis Rodman and Mr. Perfect, I believe. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. It doesn't say that he is. No, I wasn't too sure if he was or not. But, yeah. How do they have Dennis Rodman in this program, but they don't have a picture of him? They got pictures of everyone else, but they don't have a picture of Dennis Rodman. Oh, well, and I... and he's got this whole <clears throat> one page, like 
full diatribe about everything he's done in his life and everyone else has like two paragraphs. Um, I found the uh, card you would have seen for WWA, the Inception Tour. All right. 27th of October, 2001, from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Sounds about right. Uh, Opening match, a WWA International Cruiserweight Championship match of Hoventu Guerrera, the champion, versus Psychosis. Yep, that sounds about right. A tables match of Crowbar versus Danny Dominion. Dominion, yeah. A singles match of Conan versus Gangrel. That's right. Yeah, I remember that one vividly. A singles match of Buff Bagwell versus Disco Inferno. Oof. A tag team match of Lenny Lane and Lodi versus Norman Smiley and Nathan Jones. Jeez. Yes, <laughs> that Nathan Jones. Yeah. Uh, following that, a singles match of Jerry Lawler versus Stevie Ray. And in your main event for the WWA World Heavyweight Championship, Jeff Jarrett, the champion, versus the Road Dog. What an insane world this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember much of this? Um, can you scroll back down to the main event again? Just, yeah. All right. I do remember. I do remember the main event and like as a kid, but still being like the road dog in the main event. (laughs) And we'll get into the podcast shortly, but like even in the podcast, they seem to like, hype up the road dog as a worthy main eventer and it's like but no like even as a kid i was like that's not a main event guy your semi-main event is someone that i only really knew as a commentator against stevie ray who in 2001 had just spent two years as a commentator in wcw so your semi-main event to me is just two commentators wrestling. Yeah. And then, oh, man. Um, I would love to watch this, but I don't think this one was one of the filmed ones. Uh, um, no, this is just a tour event. Yeah. So they did film a couple in Australia, but it wasn't the Melbourne ones, or at least the one I went to. If you have... I think one of the early DVDs, some of it might be on there. Yeah. I know the pay-per-views are around online, but you need, like, the the early DVDs, I think, have some of the uh, tapings on there. <laughs> I love how in Wollongong they had a hardcore championship match and then the hardcore champions never mentioned again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, um, yeah, the actual pay per view, the night before from Sydney, is on the um, is online. You can go and find that. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, well. Um, do you want me to read out the results for this one? Because, yeah, we won't be able to actually watch this one. No, read them out. So it is Hoover 2 defeats Psychosis to retain the Cruiserweight title. Crowbar defeats Dan, uh, Danny Dominion. Conan defeats Grand Girl. Buff Bagwell defeats Disco. Nathan Jones and Norman Smiley defeat Lenny Lane and Lodi. Jerry Lawler defeats Stevie Ray. And Jeff Jarrett defeats Road Dog by DQ. Probably yeah. a guitar. Yeah. Um, I believe Rove was in the corner of Nathan Jones and Norman Smiley. That doesn't sound like Rove McManus at all, being involved with Jeff Jarrett wrestling. And then um, later on in the night, Rove cops a guitar at some point. At some point. And we've seen Rove cop a few guitars over the years. <laughs> yeah, he's done it, I think, twice on his uh, TV show. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to see if there's a photo of him at any of these events, but it doesn't seem like it. Mm, I might be remembering weirdly then, but he was definitely involved. In the promotion um, of it. Yeah, there you go. Yep, Inception. Yeah, there you are. Sydney. That's Nathan Jones right there. Mm. Oh, you can buy this photo, Alex. Hang it I up on your wall. Only oh. $650. What? Oh, to be fair, that's a large photo. <laughs> but no. Okay, how about a small photo for only 200 Okay, that is absolute trollop. <laughs> a th- 20 by 13 centimetre photo <laughs> for 200 bucks. You're, you're basically paying, you're paying per centimetre there. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. It's just Rove hunched over, holding the rope, and Nathan Jones is just patting him on the back. Yeah, in his leather pants, which was, like, typical, like, every big man in wrestling that had a bit of a physique. If you're really tall, you wore leather pants in the early 2000s. Ah, well. Like, Test, Nash, like, yeah, you can name them. There he is, and he's a daddish Adidas outfit. Yeah, at WrestleMania. He's part of the streak. You leave him alone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so did you listen to this podcast? I'm glad you asked. How many sittings do you think it took me to get through? I reckon at least 10. Because <laughs> I know how much you do not like uh, the Conrad style of podcasts. Yeah, it took me five. Yep, there we go. Um, it's fine. He does a good podcast. It's very professional. Um, he has good guests. It's just the flow of the podcast is like 10 minutes, add. 10 minutes, add. 10 minutes, add. 10 minutes, yeah. add. And it's, and it's very disjointed. And like yeah. the first hour and a half is kind of like that 
and it took him an hour to start getting into the story. Yeah, he does like to do a whole lot of, like, background. Like, oh, where were you at this point in time in your life? Like, what's going on with Jeff Jarrett at this point in time? Um, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed the Jeff Jarrett podcast with Conrad. Um, the week before this one, they did a really emotional, like, touching podcast uh, a tribute to Owen Hart, uh, Jeff Jarrett telling his side of the story. Like, people tend to forget, like, how intertwined Jeff Jarrett was with Owen Hart at that point in time. Uh, they were like tag champs, all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's tribute at the Owen Hart tribute show was like so emotional and stuff. And then that podcast they did was absolutely just heartbreaking. Like Jeff Jarrett talks about like, uh, he was in the first match after Owen had had his accident. Or, like, he was in one of the matches just after, and he remembers standing in the ring and feeling where the boards had broken. And for years, for years, like, if he ever stood on a floor that had, like, a wonky board or something like that, he would have PTSD issues and all that sort of stuff, which sort of led to his addiction issues later in life. And you never really hear this stuff from Jeff Jarrett before because he hasn't really spoken too publicly about his career before. So, yeah, his whole podcast series with Conrad has been fantastic to listen to. And this was one that sort of shocked me that they were going to touch on this sub subject because so far it had been like some pretty big stuff. Uh, it had been, the first episode was holding up Vince for money, the whole story about that. Yeah. The second episode was about being publicly fired on air at the simulcast episode of Nitro and Raw, where Vince literally, like, fired Jeff Jarrett on air after yeah. purchasing WCW by spelling out Goonie instead of gone, uh, instead of gone. Gagoonie. Yeah. Double G, double O, double N, double E. Gagoonie. Double G, double N, double O, double G. Gagoonie. Yeah. Um, and then the Owen Hart tribute episode. Uh, the episode after this was the inception of TNA. I think this week an episode's coming out about the whole bash at the beach incident with Jeff Jarrett and Hulk Hogan. Like Jeff Jarrett's been in so many crazy, like incidents in wrestling that just haven't been talked about by him at least. So yeah, him being picked up by Conrad was probably the one in a, the first one in a long time where I was like, Oh, I'm really keen on this. Because, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's just a guy that never really spoke too much about his career. If he was speaking, if he was doing an interview, it was just to promote whatever he was promoting. He never really spoke too much about that stuff. Yeah, I suppose the other side of the coin is the um, 
uh, wrestling source bottle Australian-based podcast, they did an interview with Andrew McManus last year. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, I'll send you the link after we go off the air. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea, so I'll be very keen to listen to that. Um, yeah, it's it's a good behind-the-scenes sort of um, listen of um, the other side of the coin, so to speak. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of listen to that and compare notes from Jeff Jarrett's side of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Who else does Conrad have on his network then? All right. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Let's sit down and uh, there's a few to talk about. Um, so he's obvious. The first one was Bruce Pritchard. Then he brought on Tony Schiavone, which is one of the more fun ones. It's just like two Southern boys just watching wrestling, like doing watch-alongs and just talking trash. And it's very funny. So like uh, us. Yeah, yeah, except not Southern. Well, I, I guess I am Southern. I'm more Southern than them, technically. And you're, <laughs> more, you're more Southern than them, but I'm more Southern than you, technically. Um, sure. Yeah, well, that's how it works, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, oh, who else have they got? they got Tony, they got Bruce, they got... Uh, Eric Bischoff, which is a really interesting one if you're into the numbers and the stats and the finances of running a wrestling company because Eric goes heavy into the business aspect of wrestling. Um, The JR podcast, which is very fun to listen to because JR's just a grumpy old man (laughs) who just is like, oh, so uh, Mick Foley had this match against Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, I understand that, Connie. But uh, people were saying on the internet that uh, I don't have the passion for commentating AEW anymore. Uh, I think they can go to hell. That That's nice, JR, but I was talking about the Attitude Era stuff here. <laughs> Like, he just, like, goes on these random, like, tangents. Like, they just come out of nowhere, too. It's just like, oh, people think that uh, I'm too harsh on the AEW product. Yeah, but, uh, JR, we're talking about 1991 WCW today. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I see see a lot of Eddie Guerrero in Sammy Guevara. He just goes on these weird tangents. So I will, <laughs> yeah, I will say I do rather JR than the uh, the uh, WWE teams at the moment. Yes, yes. Um, and then there's uh, they've also got the Arn Anderson podcast, which is actually really good. It's just like listening to like. A grandpa tell old stories. That's basically what it's like. And it's fantastic. Um, and then there's the Kurt Angle podcast with Conrad, which is pretty good too. Kurt's like really truthful about everything. He's like, yeah, this is how much money I made when I was the WWE champion the first time. I made a hundred grand that year. It's like, what? That's all a WWE champ was making. 
Yeah, but they had to set. They couldn't give me too much money, or else what are they going to give Rock and Stone Cold? <laughs> that's that's what he says. Um, yeah, and then the Jeff Jarrett podcast joined the ranks, and yeah, I think there's like some Patreon exclusive podcasts with other people. Chris Hero has one with him. Uh, there's one with Carrie Silken, the founder of Ring of Honor, that's on the Patreon. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few things like that. I think um, uh, Mike Kyoto does one, which I actually think should be one that they should release to the public because as much as that might not get as many downloads because of name value, Mike Kyoto had been in the company from the 80s till last year. So there's some stories there. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Quite frankly, I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to their Patreon though, because like the cheapest tier for ad-free shows is like twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, coming soon. And, and Patreon is... membership. Oh my god, that would be nice. Um, then I hey, could... so we can watch wrestling and complain. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Yeah, so there's that, um, and that's like US dollars too, 20 US, it's not 20 Australian, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the Conrad history, uh, that's all of his podcasts, he's got a lot, and he's he's talked about for years, like, the people he has on his wish list, and it's like, he wants to do a, a podcast with either Joey Styles or Paul Heyman so we can cover the ECW side of things, which Joey Styles has publicly declined on, and uh, I don't think Paul Heyman will be doing it anytime soon. And Jeff Jarrett was number two on his wish list for years because Jeff Jarrett's done it all, like literally. And he, I've heard people refer to him as like the cockroach of wrestling, like, Every time you think you got him squashed, he just like comes back and is still alive in this business. Like JFW, oh yeah, he's done now. Not he's a WWE Hall of Famer and now is like a producer backstage for WWE. Like oh yeah, he gets fired publicly. Oh no, now he's the owner of the number two promotion. Yeah, yeah, very. Very strange man. Um, yeah, so do you want to lay out the uh, sort of podcast as it goes along? Yeah, sure. I'm just like, I didn't take any notes and I listened to this before we even decided to talk about this. So I might be a bit dusty on a few things. But um yeah, so they sort of get into it. Um, Jeff Jarrett had been publicly fired and is now looking, basically trying to figure out what's next. He thinks about Japan, but he's, he admits his style isn't probably great for Japan. And then he gets a phone call from Andrew McManus. And Andrew McManus had previous years done like the Rodman Down Under tour. And all that sort of stuff is a music promoter who brought in Kiss and 
I can't remember the other bands they said, but like some pretty big name bands to Australia. And now he's looking to do some wrestling stuff. And Jeff Jarrett's going to be his advisor. And yeah. So had you heard any of this stuff before? I'd uh, knew he was working backstage, but I didn't know to like what degree. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of um, interesting in itself, like how he explains his role was sort of like second in command to a degree. Yeah, I always sort of assumed he had some form of control because that's just how Jeff Jarrett is. <laughs> like, if Jeff Jarrett's on top of the card, you sort of got to assume Jeff Jarrett's somewhat riding the show. <laughs> um, Probably. Or he's, or he's got a real good buddy that is. Um, yeah, so uh, they sort of talk about, like... Um, Oh gosh, like putting this show together, who they're going to bring in. Uh, Jeff Jarrett sort of talks about how Road Dogs released, so let's bring him in. Jeff Jarrett's obviously pretty close with Road Dog. Uh, he's a former roadie in the WWF. They both came up in wrestling together in Memphis, and Jeff Jarrett basically wants Road Dog to be his opponent for this tour. Uh, they find a whole bunch of other uh, people that have been are out of work because the WCW getting released. So a lot of your cruiserweights like Hooventood, Psychosis, all that that we mentioned earlier. Uh, your Buff Bagwells come in. Um, disco. Disco. Uh, like, the Vampire Warrior. The Vampire Warrior, Gangrel, like all really popular with the fans' acts. Like they're all really over with the fans during their time on mainstream television. Like Buff was over as hell in WCW and so was Disco. And Gangrel was just the coolest thing ever in the WWF at one point. Um, and then Jerry Lawler earlier in the year had quit the WWF. So they're gonna because they fired his wife, the cat, Stacy Carter. Um, Carter, oh my god, it all comes back around, doesn't it? It's all full circle. Oh my god, what if if we find out Stacy's middle name is Dixie? I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> anywho. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, obviously really tight with Jerry Lawler because of their Memphis roots. Like, Jeff Jarrett's dad ran the Memphis Territory with Jerry Lawler for many, many years. So, obviously, Jeff's going to bring Jerry in. And then, yeah, so that's sort of how it all sort of comes together. Um, and then they have their first tour. Everything sort of goes pretty well, like... They didn't sell as many tickets as they would have liked. Uh, they talk about how they prioritized getting in local media as a way of promotion over like television commercials and stuff like that. So they would like do radio stuff. Then he brings up Rove, uh, 
doing appearances on Rove and like newspapers, stuff like that. Um, yeah, am I missing anything at the moment? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I looked up um, Stacy's middle name. It is Lee. It is not the same as uh, Dixie's middle name. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so I, I cannot worry about the fact. Hang on. Did the cat grow up to be Dixie Carter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the, they've got to be like around the same age by now too, surely. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, he talks about the, uh, the Rodman tour the year before and the WCW tour the year before and saying how how hot Australian wrestling was because we hadn't had an international tour before those since the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, we were... We are wrestling starved in terms of the major international promotions. Like, have we... Did we even have a WWE tour the year after Super Showdown? I don't know if we did. Yeah. Oh, we did? 2019. Yeah. Yeah, free city tour, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Oh, okay, cool. Because it came in after uh, the New Japan two-night tour that year. New Japan was July, because it was just after Best of the Super Juniors because Robbie was challenging Will at Festival Hall. and then. October was the um no it was August because they moved it up in the schedule August was um WWE How do yeah. I remember that Yeah that that's ridiculous How do you remember the stuff that's not on TV Yeah I don't know <laughs> um, Yeah so we really don't get that much live shows from the American promotions. Um, We get, after 2002, we get one WWE tour per year. And besides that, we really got nothing else until more recent years where New Japan start coming over. Um, And then your progresses came over and, like, it's pretty much why Australian the Australian wrestling independent scene started to boom because we pretty much had no choice. <laughs> like, what else are we going to go to if we want to watch some live wrestling? Um, yeah, that's true too. Like, like, and WWE live tours are so expensive. I remember looking up when I was looking for my Super Showdown tickets. And they were about about the same as the um, live show tickets. I'm like, why the hell am I going to spend more than that? Yeah. It was just, yeah, crazy. Um, Yeah, and, like, I went to a a few, like, WWE live show, live tours, like, just at the Rod Laver Arena. And, like, me and friend of the show, Warwick Thompson, would, like, get, like, pretty much seats, like, right up in the nosebleeds as far back as you could get which actually weren't that bad in rod labor arena 
Uh, it's actually pretty good. Like at a MCG or something, it'd be terrible. But um, yeah, and I think even then it was still like 50 bucks to be as far back as you could go. Yeah, so between 2002 and 2016, the only non-WWE tour was the Hulkamania tour. Yeah, which I really regret not going to. And then 2016 saw House of Hardcore tour the first time. Yeah. Uh, They did two more tours. And in 2018, New Japan and Progress also toured. Yep. Plus, um, what is it? Uh, Battle Championship Wrestling in Melbourne. That's right, and they bring they, in like Shamrock and Sabu and Rob Van Dam and stuff. They did like two tribute tours. They did an ECW inspired one and a Lucha Underground inspired one. That's right, yeah. Because they brought out a heap of the Lucha Underground people because of the contracts they couldn't work North America something something. Yeah, uh, Al Ray TV something. <laughs> Yeah, and there's this uh, collectible store in Melbourne that sells a heap of, like, autographed 8x10s because of those BCW tours. Like, I've got a Ken Shamrock signed 8x10, an RVD, a Sabu one. I've got a Juventud Guerrera and Super Crazy signed ones and Psychosis. Damn it. Because of BCW shows. Yeah, I should actually see if they still got them. Um Because this was a couple of years back. But, yeah, I've got this folder full of autographed 8x10s. It's pretty cool. All because of those BCW tours, basically. Um, yeah, so the only taped event we had was the um, Nitro and Thunder taping in 2000. Uh, Superstars of Wrestling, Rodman Down Under. WWA, The Inception. WWA, The Eruption. Uh, global Warning Tour. WWE, then nothing was taped until Hulkamania let the battle begin. Yeah, that which was never, never released. Aired. Never released. Do you remember? Yeah. This is a big reason as to why I didn't go live because they announced they were going to air it on one HD. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, bugger it. I'll just watch it on TV. Save myself a couple of bucks. I'll watch it on TV. And then every week, it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday night at 8.30, like on the digital TV guide, it would have advertised Hulkamania Tour, let the tour begin. for uh, Hulkamania Tour, let the, whatchamacallit, begin. Um, and it was advertised on the digital TV guides every Thursday at 8.30 or Wednesday, whatever, for like a month on one HD and it was just like, it just never showed up. It never happened. (laughs) They never aired it, but it even got as far as being on the digital TV guards and everything. You know, the reason why it never aired, don't you? Not exactly. Um, Hulk payment disputes. Oh, of course. Oh, here we are. Brother. Oh, I love the internet archive sometimes. Air date. Hulkamania. Been a long time since any wrestling. But one will screen Hulkamania in 2019 featuring Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, 
One has the three-hour event from Sydney's Acer Arena, which took place on the weekend. So this is from November the 30th, saying that it will screen at 8pm Sunday, December 13th. Uh, it was a Sunday then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got that wrong, but that's not the point. I just remember it showing up on the digital TV guides for like a month. It was constantly there because then it'd be like, oh, and then you tune in at that actual time. Oh, your regularly scheduled program has been delayed by blah, blah, blah. So here, watch, uh, I don't know, watch an Ultimate Fighter replay or something instead, which I would end up doing anyway because I was really into that at that point in time. Um, yeah, and that's when 1HD was so good too. It was so exciting and fresh to have that sort of thing on free-to-air TV. Yeah, didn't they air um, Explosion for a while on one? Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, yeah, that was, that's what was on Thursday nights. It was Explosion. Because, um, yeah, I'd finish up cricket training and we'd, every Thursday night we'd go to the Poacher's Paradise for a palmy. And, um, oh, my God, I'm really going off the rails here. But um, we'd be eating a palmy, and then by the time dinner's finished, TNA Explosion comes on the TV. So me and Warwick Thompson would just sit there after our palmies and just watch TNA afterwards. Ah, uh, well, it's all in good fun. Yeah, watching TNA at the pub. Definitely not a thing I, I ever thought would happen, but it, it happened. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, where were we? We were talking about tours and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, something, something, tours. Yeah. Happened. Uh, yeah, so uh, WWA starts to get a bit of buzz because, quite frankly, there is no other promotion in the world at this point in time. This is 2001. Like, Ring of Honor's, like, not started yet. That starts in 2002. TNA obviously doesn't exist. The only other promotion in America is WWE. There's literally nothing else going on. Yes. So, so then they do a second tour of Australia... There's some pay-per-views involved with that one, I believe. I believe they were Australia-only pay-per-views, and then, like, DVD or VHS releases in America. can't remember if it was DVD or VHS time. Might have been yeah. that weird, weird transitional period where it was both. Um, and then, yeah, they start getting a bit of success. A few more names jump on board, such as Bret Hart. <laughs> As a commissioner, they bring in my boy, Sid. They bring in Scott Steiner, and they start negotiating with Randy Savage. And this is where the real fallout of WWA and Jeff Jarrett starts to happen because Andrew McManus is hell-bent on getting Randy Savage into WWA. So basically from Jeff Jarrett, uh, he says that without really letting Jeff Jarrett know, he offered Randy Savage Jeff Jarrett's position in the company, like the creative and all that sort of stuff. And Jeff believes that 
Randy Savage is as great as he is. He's not one to really be creative for other people besides himself. Which there isn't really a track record to either confirm or deny that. So I can't really tell. He's never really been a creative behind the scenes sort of guy anyway. And I don't think, um, and I think at that point in time, like Spider-Man's just about to come out. I think wrestling was kind of in Randy Savage's rearview mirror. Like where, like he would be getting close to recording his rap album and all that sort of stuff. So he's like kind of done with wrestling. Um, but yeah, Randy Savage agrees. And then that's where the creative differences come in. And Jeff starts thinking about starting his own thing. And then they try to go to Vegas and they basically sell like a fifth of the seats in the arena at Vegas. It's just, yeah, the wheels start to fall off really quickly at the WWA train. Yeah, and they were saying that the the arena they booked for Vegas was like a theatre. It wasn't an arena. Yeah, that's right. It had theatre seating. So that's sort of like a semicircle almost of seating and then one side without seating. Yep. Yeah. Not Uh, ideal for wrestling. No. But also, Daly's Place is theatre seating. AEW made it work when they needed to. They had no choice to, but they made it work in the end. WWA could have tried to do something about it, but they... I've seen, like, footage of it, and it's like... Yeah, they shot it all weird. Like, they literally made it... Instead of putting the stage on the empty side of the arena, they just put the stage where some seats would have been, so it just looks like one side of the arena is kind of empty. (laughs) Yeah, like, didn't uh, think it through properly. No, no. Um, Yeah, and, like, at that point in time, like, by the end, you got Eddie Guerrero in WWE because he got fired from WWE in 01. Why'd Eddie get fired? Uh, Wellness? personal, Personal demons. That's what the wrestlers like to say, right? So demons, I would say. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think it was a wellness violation, so to speak. It was more so concerns about his issues. Wellness policy wouldn't have been in place then. No. It's only in place after uh, it's four only, or five years. It's placed after he dies. Yeah. Like that was the main reason of bringing it in. So, um, yeah, so basically, like, yeah, they got Eddie in there. AJ Styles is in there by the end. Like, I believe they even did an Eddie versus AJ match at one of these WWA things. There's Daniels and, like, there's there's just people you wouldn't believe were in the company, but they actually were. Um and you start to see some of the roster that would sort of make up the infancy of uh, of TNA. And, yeah, Jeff talks about wanting to go hard for um, 
bringing in Rey Mysterio, but Andrew McManus is like, nah, Randy Savage is a bigger name, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Jeff's actually onto something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what could have been? Yeah. I don't think either one would have made a difference, to be honest, at that point in time for WWE. But imagine if Ray in 2002 went to TNA instead of WWE. <laughs> Just like crazy. Just a crazy thought. Yeah. Because been... Ray is clearly on Jeff's radar at that point. Yeah. So you, you have to assume he tried to get him. Did he ever go to TNA? Or was he with like WWE the entire time other than that? Not the entire period. Time. Not the entire time, but yeah, there was that two year period where it was sort of released. Oh, he left WWE and he did Lucha Underground and stuff like that. New Japan. Yeah. Uh, all in. All in. All in. That's such a crazy thing to think that. um. We had it Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio at All In. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> yeah. young up-and-comer, former contender in the Cruiserweight Classic, Kota Ibushi. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never amount to anything. No, never. Um, anyway, yeah, so Rey never really went to Impact or TNA, as far as I can remember. Um yeah, so WWA, what a weird story, too. It's just, like, so much. Like, I like hearing these sort of podcasts because you get to hear, like, a lot of the backstage politics and all that sort of stuff, which intrigues me. Not that in... I, I just want to understand it better because I, I never understood it when you'd hear about it when you were younger, but I start to get it a bit now, like... Yeah, this person wants to make as much money as this person, blah, blah, blah. So this person won't do the J-O-B to this person unless he gets this amount of money for doing it. And and it seemed like WWA had a lot of issues with that. Yeah, yeah. And the point Jeff brought up on this show a lot was he kept trying to tell Andrew, pick your core group of all-stars and build around them. Yeah. Because you see, like, um, Bret Hart's in, then he's gone. You see Eddie's in, then he's gone. Uh, Sid's in, then he's gone. Sting's in, then he's gone. Then he's back. Yeah, and then Steiner's in, then he's out. And, yeah. Jerry's right. in, Jerry's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a good point. And, yeah, you don't need to have a whole roster full of all-stars. You just got to have... You know, you're four, five, maybe six that you sort of build around. And, and then, like, yeah, have a few youngins, have a few up-and-comers, but it seemed like, like, you have a look at McManus's first tour with wrestling, the Superstars of Wrestling Tour, the Rodman Tour. Let me read out the roster in this program to show you that yeah, he this dude is a dude that couldn't pick his five or six guys. He just wanted to pick everyone with some form of name credibility. Kurt Hennig, Dennis Rodman. Is the that the bar- match? Yep. 
Um, I'm just going through everyone in the roster in this program. Okay. The, bar- the Barbarian, Brutus Beefcake, Earthquake, Paul Orndorff, Public Enemy, The Road Warriors, Tatanka, Typhoon, uh, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and the One Man Gang. So you're just picking a bunch of people that on a roster that people recognize the names of from back in the day, but you're not picking people to sort of be the future of the company. Yeah. Do you want me There's... to read it? Read out the card to you? Yeah, go on. So on commentary, Vince Massini and Ted DiBiase. Oh, my God. Uh, opening match, the Road Warriors... Hawk and Animal defeat Public Enemy, Rocco Rock, and Johnny Grunge. Which card uh, is this? Uh, this is the pay-per-view card from Sydney. Right. Did you go to Melbourne? Yeah, I went to Melbourne. Okay, give me a second. I'll see if I can pull that one up for you. Because I'm pretty sure the cards are identical anyway. I'm pretty sure they just did the same show everywhere. Rodman down under. Because I'm positive there was like a public enemy road warriors thing, and I've talked about it before. Like it was just like a two on one with public enemy or whoever was against the road warriors against animal, and then later on in the match, Hawk runs down without his face paint on and just straight clothes and makes a save. Uh, Events. Uh, the only listed uh, events here is Sydney or Perth. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's why I've had trouble trying to find it for ages. But, yeah, I definitely didn't go to Sydney. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll read out <laughs> Perth to you. Brutus Beefcake defeats Typhoon. Sounds about right, actually. Sweet Destiny defeats Brandywine. Yeah. Uh, I... Uh, the Tag Team Championship, the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, the champions, defeat Public Enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. The Australasian title, Tatanka defeats One Man Gang. Uh, One Man Gang was the champion. And for your World Heavyweight Championship, the Barbarian, the champion, is defeated by Kurt Hanning. Yeah, I think we had something similar. Uh, I I don't know if Rodman was at the Melbourne show, so that sort of makes sense. Yeah, tour named after him appears one night only. Yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of my point. Um, This dude, like, clearly doesn't know how to build up. He just wants to try to capitalise on already built name identity. Yeah, yeah, it'd it seem that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here we are, results. Uh, 70s, 2000, Nitro, Thunder. Uh, there we are. Uh, that's WWA. 
No, it doesn't have it listed. Yeah, I tried. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting to hear back some of these things, hear back from um each side the um each side the uh the uh behind the scenes, I guess. Mm. Ah well. And that's ends WWA. Now you know what happened to their championships, don't you? No idea. <laughs> Uh, awesome. I'll bring it up and then you can uh, have a good laugh. Yeah. The final pay-per-view. WWA. Mia Yim. What? Reckoning. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, was she in the business yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um, so... It is a fatal four-way match to unify the WWA International Cruiserweight Championship with the TNA X Division Championship. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it is WWA champion Jerry Lynn, TNA champion Chris Saban, (laughs) along with Johnny Swinger, and Frankie Kazarian. Swingman! <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, Johnny Swinger Daddy. <laughs> who do you think won that match? I'm going to assume Jerry Lynn. It's O2, right? Uh, o. Uh, May of O3. Oh, probably Chris Saban then. Yeah, Chris Saban. Yeah. Uh, in the main event to unify the WWA World's Heavyweight Championship with the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, it is Sting versus Jeff Jarrett. Now, who is what champion <laughs> and who wins? Um, oh, 03. So is Sting WWA champion and Jeff Jarrett's NWA? Yep, that's correct. And I'm going to assume because I don't think Sting had a proper run in TNA until like 04. So I'm maybe 03 actually, but I'm just going to assume Jeff wins because Jeff Jarrett, LOL. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 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 that makes so you, sense though. The connection with TNA. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was basically the way that Jeff Jarrett figured out, hey, I might actually have a mind for this business. Perhaps I should try this promoting thing. Yeah, because I, I can do this myself. Yeah, because I can see what this dude's doing wrong. So maybe I just do the opposite of that and see how it goes. Yeah, can't do any worse. <laughs> and it's a company that still exists. Yeah, Unlike how? WWE. Yeah. I don't know how, but it does. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's crazy to think that still exists. It's, like, a, com- it's a company that went bankrupt twice in its first year. 
<laughs> and they survived. Each time just happened to find a miracle investor. And then in 04, they, they go bankrupt again. Oh, actually, we have this public relations officer. Her name's uh, Dixie Carter. She might be interested. <laughs> they went bankrupt three times. Didn't they go bankrupt a fourth time and Anthem brought them out? That's right, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if ACW had this kind of luck. Oh, a fifth time because Corgan brought them out, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, if only ECW got this kind of luck. Yeah, well, what's Heyman always say? If the pay-per-view companies gave us our money, we would have been able to survive and bounce back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, also, it would have helped if you prioritised paying your wrestlers so then you wouldn't have lost stars and then you wouldn't have... Lost interest. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Although I, I wish EC. I I would just love to know what a world with ECW still running in like two thousand and five. What that promotion would have looked like. Mostly Ring of Honor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like it would have looked more like the early days of MLW where they sort of did the Ring of Honor style and also the Blood and Guts stuff. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Uh, it's but yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's strange to think like this company led to Jared running his own company that led to that company having its own problems so many times. It pretty much, if it wasn't for TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, for better or worse, NWA wouldn't be on people's minds. Um, TNA, like if you really look at the scope of it, TNA is the reason that AEW exists. Um, like it let people know that there is the possibility and there is room for another alternative um, yeah this all and then you think back and you go well it all kind of starts from WWA really yeah 20 yeah about 20 years ago yeah yeah it's crazy to think like, yeah oh man I, I'm that made me feel real old, actually. <laughs> the Ooh. simulcast. I still remember watching that. Yeah. Dude, I was like a WCW loyalist till the end. I was still watching, like, every show. And like by the end, like, the pay-per-views had gotten cheap, too. So we're getting, like, every pay-per-view, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Silly, silly yeah. TNA. Yeah, oh, WrestleMania 17. Nah, greed, please. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's another thing, too. You, you look at all the changes of the industry, and WWE has themselves to blame in a lot of aspects. 
taking WrestleMania off pay-per-view being the biggest mistake. If you weren't going to keep the big four on pay-per-view, you should have left WrestleMania there. Yeah. And then done it so it was, I don't know, a month uh, tape delay going onto your network so then people still buy the replay. Yeah. Uh, Because look at UFC. Look at the boxing the past week. Yeah, craziness. Absolutely insanity. Um, Yeah, so I suppose, do we rate this show? Uh, How do you... Yeah, we can give it a rating. I'm Uh, curious to hear what... You you go first. um, Free biz? I was going to go four, but yeah. uh, Just because... I'm kind of emotionally invested in WWA because I went to a show once. <laughs> so I thought it was a really cool thing to hear about because, yeah, like I said before, no one's really talked about it. Um, yeah, I'm honestly shocked you gave it a three because I know you're disdain for Conrad Thompson's style. Yeah, it's like, hey, are you an idiot with money? Get Conrad money now, conradmoney.com. And whilst yeah. you're using your Conrad money... Get Bluetooth at Conrad Money. And while you're there, get something for her at him and her on Conrad Money. <laughs> okay, he, thank you. He's right, you know. <laughs> um, what, I'm an idiot with money? No, no, just like I was saying, you're right about Conrad's ads. Um, Conrad advertisement is what he should call it. Um, Copyright that, then send him an invoice. Oh man, I'd make bank off it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Conrad's style is very polarizing. You know, I just fast forward through the ads. <laughs> Why? What are you I, listening I, on? On uh, Apple Podcasts is what I listen on. So you get the thirty-second skip button. So you generally just press the 30-second skip button about four times and it gets you past the two minutes of ads. That's what I should have been doing. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't need to pay $20 to listen to the same podcast without ads if I just skip the ads. (laughs) Yeah. At least Jericho's isn't too bad. Yeah, I haven't listened to his podcast in a while, actually. Actually, this is probably a good time to start talking about uh, podcasts that we do listen to. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what What are your favourites at the moment? Uh, post-wrestling, Sunday night's main event, The Observer, Up Next. Uh, what else do you do I listen, listen to? Do you listen to anything, like, non-wrestling related? Uh... So the ABC ones I listened to, there was a uh, taxidermist archaeologist one the other day I was listening to. Yeah. There was like just a one-off interview. Sometimes they're like a uh, good interview. Sometimes they're a bit hit and miss. Yeah. Plus it's free. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's mainly just. Just wrestling stuff, and then if I have time, like I listen to some of the Aussie wrestling stuff and the different interviews the Aussie wrestlers doing that. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes me Doctor Who podcasts and that. Yes, I am busy boy. 
<laughs> Definitely. What about um, yourself? Like, yeah, I listen. Like, I'm just pulling up my shows right now. So, like, I listen to major wrestling figure podcast. Uh, Cole Cabana's got a new podcast called Wrestling Anonymous, which is really good. It's just like, yeah, people call up, leave a message, and tell an anonymous story about your experience or interaction in the wrestling business. Oh. And it's, it's good fun, and like Colt just sort of reacts to it and talks about it and shares if he's had any similar experiences. Like someone anonymously like called in and was like, yeah, I was just like starting up in the wrestling business. Unfortunately, I ended up giving it up. But I did an indie show once, and I brought my six-month-old son to the show, and Haku just happened to be on the show, Meng. And Meng saw my son and he's like, I love your son. I'm going to keep him. And he just carried around my son all day talking about how he is Grandpa Meng. And like, just kept saying, you make sure you give me your son when he's 18 because I'm going to train him to be a wrestler. This is about a six month old son (laughs) that like Haku just clearly just has a heart of gold and was just like, it's just like cute stories like that that I really enjoy to hear. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, Cole Cabana will like say like, oh, yeah, I had this similar experience with Haku and stuff like that. Uh, I listen to all the Conrad Tom- Conrad Thompson podcasts mainly. Like sometimes I might skip a week here or there. Uh, Arnie Donna, the comedy group, I listen to them a fair bit. Uh, yeah, that's non-wrestling related, although technically they were at a couple of Melbourne City wrestling shows. Um, non-wrestling related, uh, the Crime in Sports podcast and Small Town Murder. They're very good. Just a couple of comedians talking about true crime sort of stuff, which I've sort of gotten into. But then the Crime in Sports podcast is same guys. Uh, they talk about... Sports people, or yeah, sports people that have extensive criminal records and going over each of their crimes and like having a bit of fun about it. Basically, they've done numerous episodes on wrestlers, as you could imagine. Yeah, that sounds a bit interesting. Yeah, so um, that's sort of what I'm into, and yeah, I love podcasts. I don't really watch TV shows anymore because I'm just constantly listening to podcasts. What's a TV? Yeah. I, I literally, my TV has not had an antenna cable connected to it for five years. <laughs> wow. What's the point, right? Oh, I want to watch something on Channel 10. I'll just download the app and then str- then airplay it onto my TV. <laughs> what you need is the footy and that's it. Yeah. Which, like, I got KO. So... I can watch footy on that. Can you watch Raw live on that? No, I got I got Foxtel, like the Foxtel Go, the streaming sort of one, but you can still watch it live. Yeah. So there's like no cables involved. So I got that for Raw. Like, yeah, I have absolutely no need for an antenna cable. <laughs> Someone's a lucky boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Where Slap can good, nuts. 
I didn't squeeze in a single Slapnuts reference this whole episode. Just you wait. (laughs) Ah, man. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. And where can you find my Slapnuts of a co host? I am Chris Funder on Twitter. (laughs) You can also go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Oz. Shut up and stay in. Archive. Archive on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, uh, Google Podcasts, YouTube, uh, RSS feed found the show notes below. Uh, (laughs) Shut up. Nothing left to say. (laughs) See you next time. Spend my days working hard on the go, but the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. Now choke on that, slap nuts. Wow, chosen one. Now, now, now.